talking about food sounds. <laughs> Just you and me. Episode 33. Hey. Sipping you guys have on been that waiting sweet tea. And waiting for the theme song. <clears throat> Episode 33. Wishing it was you and me. Sipping that ice cold tea. <laughs> it's not getting any better. <laughs> I, oh man what's up everybody welcome to episode uh, oh, geez, god help uh episode, hi everybody <laughs> we're keeping Dipped this in tone, episode 33 how's it going it's fine i'm fine we're normal you're okay you're okay i woke up at 5 30 this morning zach what time do you wake up uh 6 30 great here we are so yep 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 uh i've been staying up till at least midnight every night building right. All those Olympus that you have uh, so graciously sold for me with Josh Scott and stuff. So hey, I'm man. not complaining, but it's but Rhett, I'm complaining. Rhett Schill doing his job. You know That's what I mean? Right. <laughs> That's like, what I'm here for. That's what the internet that that this is Rhett Schill in his true form. I I'm 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 a little tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of selling stuff. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's I got I always feel like such a douche complaining about <laughs> being busy. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that everybody is because the like mythos has grown beyond what I ever thought it would do, but it's grown beyond the capabilities of one human being. And yeah. I, I've ta- I talked to uh, Jacob, my enclosure guy the other day, and he said, dude, you're selling more pedals than people I know that have more than four people working at their company. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you should have <laughs> hired somebody a year ago, dude. Oh, yeah. But, you know, hopefully um, very soon, by the end of the month, fingers crossed, I'm going to be at least moving uh, workbenches and stuff into the new spot. So Nice. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> uh, shout out to the wonderful Patreon chat. We just added like 18 new people in to the chat today. That was yes. fun. Yes. Um, if anyone at Discord is watching this, please fix um, the how you edit people's roles because, my God, it's a pain in the butt. But that's a problem that nobody here cares about, so I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys want to join in live while we're recording, while we're taping these episodes, you can join our Patreon link down below. It's a good time. Eventually, there's going to be more tiers, more levels, but not oh, today. God. We'll get to I, that. We'll get it. I know. I know. Well, honestly, as soon as I get some more help growing this and in my own YouTube channel are going to be the things I, I focus a lot mm. on in my <laughs> spare time, quote unquote. So, yeah, but yeah. 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 You say how that. was, yeah. How was your week? Week was good. We, uh, trying to actually like be proactive about taking some time off because the thing I've learned about myself in the past year is that like in my mind, I think, well, I don't need to take time off. I'll just keep working and keep growing. Um, and what happens is I end up working too much and get burned out and then actually get less work done overall. So, uh, we're getting back into camping. I used to camp a lot when I was younger. Um, so we're getting into like overlanding, starting to build out my, my FJ cruiser shout out to somebody. Okay. So we went camping this week and I was like in the backwoods of North Georgia and, um, 
on a dirt road. I was airing my tires down and this, this awesome dude on a motorcycle, he's like on a dual sport motorcycle comes riding up the road. We're in the middle of nowhere and he stops, gets off his bike. And I thought he was trying to render aid because it looked like I was, I needed help. And I was like, no, I'm good, man. We're just airing down. He gets off his, he takes off his, his uh, visor. And he's like, Red Shull. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, love your YouTube channel, man. Watch it all the time. You're great. And then got on his bike and just rode off the thing. It's like, <laughs> that's <"Wow."> awesome. <laughs> that's so <laughs> that's amazing. In the middle of the woods in North Georgia, there's a subscriber. That was awesome. So uh, it's, it's funny bumping into people at places you don't, I mean, that's like the, the last place anyone would expect. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, it yeah. makes you think he's just been following you. I something. was confused for like an hour after that. I was just thinking like that couldn't have been real. Did I? Am I hallucinating? There's no way that happened. But here we are. Yeah, I, I uh, a few years ago, uh, there was a guy, and I was waiting. I went to the movies and I was waiting for Morgan uh, after the movie to come out of the bathroom. And a guy was like, "Dude, you're Zach Broyles." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "I love your pedals." I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of weird." <laughs> oh, people are posting. D- uh, deliverance memes in the chat here and uh, mm-hmm. funny enough so deliverance I used to be a big whitewater kayaker that's before I got into music that's what I did like that's what I did did and um, w- I, that f- movie is filmed on the Chattooga River which is the state line between Georgia and South Carolina unbelievably beautiful river great paddling and uh, that's actually near where we were camping it was up near uh, where they filmed deliverance so there you go what are you doing Plug it up my camera because I don't want to have a repeat of that. Oh, <laughs> what, what happened I with did. your camera? Yeah, got it. Got so, it. So yeah, so I there just we noticed go. It was unplugged. Yeah, that's awesome. There was our weeks. Yep. Uh, cool. So we got a fun topic lined up today, but before we get there, I'm actually really excited about today's topic. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. We uh, we got some questions. Um, if you want to be a hero again this week, leave the timestamps down in the comments section so people will stop complaining about us taking too long to get to the uh, topic. Uh, I play bass, I think, got us last week, um, and I pinned it, and then I'm trying to do my due diligence, because how how we, how we kind of edit it, Milton makes the sound good, and then throws it all in the video and sinks mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and then I do the final flourish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I've been trying to put, at least when the topic happens, the main topic, so... Mm-hmm. But uh, listen, but yes. this is our podcast. We're going to record our podcast the way we want to record our <laughs> podcast. Okay. If you want to do a podcast where you get straight into the topic, that's totally cool. Yeah. Do your own podcast. This is uh, this is how we're doing it. So you want to dip a rig? I've got one picked out. Let's dip with, a rig. Can... <laughs> that sounds like he's got the box or I have. What is it? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's he's got the box. He's got the box. Anyways. Post that up. Oh wait! Oh, I just shared. I just shared two of the same picture because I downloaded Whoa. <laughs> the same picture twice. Hold on! Hold on! Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> dip Boink. a rig. Dip a rig. <laughs> dip a rig. Oh yeah, yeah. I there saw this go. email come through this week, and I I hoped you were going to pick this one. This is a good yeah. This one. one. This one's wicked. So um, this is from John Miklosovic. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but. Don't like hurt don't me. Don't at not. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I just realized what at meant the other day. Yeah. I, good job. <laughs> I'm, I'm an old man. Anyway, John's rig is, we'll start with the guitar. He's got a, a Fano Omnis GF6, which is like the semi hollow mm-hmm. uh, looking thingy, mm-hmm. which are really cool guitars. 
uh, Revolta Mondata Baritone, mm-hmm. and a Fender Jazzmaster Special Edition. And he says, this is a Jazzmaster for red. No rhythm circuit, Fralin P90s, mastery tram and bridge, and a four-way selector switch for some series parallel goodness. It's essentially a Saris J that Fender made with right. minus the four-way switch. But yeah, it's like a Saris J. Super cool. And then uh, for amps, he's got an AC30 and a Supro Black Magic, which love that. Those are cool. And I think the star of this rig is his pedal board. Yeah. Which he says, I like purple, okay? Yeah, I get <laughs> because it. Because <laughs> they all have a, 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 not well, not all of them, but most of them have a tint of purple. This is our first color coordinated pedal board here. Super coordinated. I mean, it's a thing of beauty, but it's coordinated multiple ways. First of all, okay, so let's start with the guitars before we get into the pedal board. Okay. Okay. Wow. Great guitar selection here. Um, the Fano, those are great. Um, yeah. There's, well, never mind. We're going to move on from that. Uh, the baritone <laughs> is. Wait, I wait, think, wait. Before we move past the Fano, I just want to say that I, y- y- you remember his. What was the one that was like a, a Les Paul Jr. cross uh-huh. with a telly? Uh-huh. What was that one? The, uh, SP6? SP6. Yep. So he did some of those, or they, he, you know. Right. I, I don't think Dennis made this particular one, but there's one on Reverb that's got like a flame top, and it's a two humbucker thing. Right. And uh, I, it, I want it. Is the one on Reverb a, a DF, like a Dennis fan? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's definitely from the Premier Builders Guild era. Right. Like t- 2000. 12 ish or so i'll have to look right but it just looks great and i like those guitars i have played some of the 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 sp6 that dennis actually made i should have bought them i but anyway i still want a um a original like dennis built fano i think it'd be cool to have one from that generation but they're hard to find man and they're pricey they are and it's funny like every now and again you'll see one come through and people will be they I don't think they necessarily know or they didn't used to. Yeah. They didn't know right. what they had. And there there was a just it was night and day the difference. Yeah. I mean, right. not to disparage the Fano guitars. I think they make good guitars. Uh, and when Dennis was there, they made really good guitars. Yeah. But the ones that he made are it's just yeah. like the next level. Exactly. But anyway. Baritone, great. That's, Super cool. Yeah, and and I have one of those. I have one of the Revolta Baritones, and it's really, really useful. Um, wide variety of tones on there. Humbucker in the bridge, P90 in the neck with the, uh, you can flip the phase. There's a lot of like switching options on there. You can get some cool sounds out of that baritone, man. Yeah, I I I, I want a baritone. I mean, I, my Schecter, you know, is tuned, it's tuned to C sharp, so it's not right. quite baritone tuning. But even that, like the the lowness of it is so much fun and so inspiring to do something different. I, but I, that guitar is really good. I've been playing a lot in open D. Uh, uh-huh. my, my mule resonator is tuned to open D right now. And that's such a beautiful sound, man. I, I wish more people would utilize that tuning um, or even standard tuning, but like D standard instead of E standard. Yeah. Oh my God, it's amazing. My Firebird... I kept in D standard for a long time. And that guitar in D standard is, is a special thing. There's something about the Firebird pickups and 
the neck through design, like it just loves being in D standard. Um, it's slinky as hell. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> With yeah. tens on there and D standard. It's real slinky, but it's uh, it's cool. You know what's really crazy is the first custom shopless Paul I ever got. It was that black uh, sixty reissue I yep, had. Yep. When I tried it, unknowingly, someone had tuned it up to F, and it was really good if you tuned it up. You know, half a step. Uh, it was incredible. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and it's not. I, I think Warren Haynes has done that. Yeah. Uh, but it it was it was actually really neat in that tuning. Some t- like y- you hardly ever think of tuning up. You know. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Could be a video in there. Why you should? Why everyone should tune to F standard. <laughs> um. All right. And then yeah, the that beautiful jazz master. See, to me, that is what the jazz master should be. Get rid of the the goofy rhythm circuit thing in the top. Don't need that. And either go with the Jazzmaster pickups are cool. I know you're not a fan of them, but I think they're cool. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm I, okay. So recently, I've been watching um, uh, Mike Adams' YouTube channel, um, Pusheen. Pusheen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's making me. I don't know. Now oh. I'm kind of like. I'm kind of like coming around. I had that thought the other day, you know, because I have the Novo Ceres S on order and I thought maybe, you know, maybe I should get a J instead. I don't know. It's probably a little too late now. Right. Devin would would smack me, but I don't know. I'm kind of starting to come around to it. Go with the, well, you should, you should get a J eventually. But (laughs) one of everything. I want a Miris J. I think if I'm going to get one, I should get a Miris J. Miris J's are sweet. Miris is Mirror Eye, Mirror. Okay. Uh, let's move on to this pedal board. Wow. wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do we got on this board? So on the board is an audio disruption devices failed transmission, which I don't know. That sounds like that a mo- something from the modular world. Like that. That's a that's a name of a module. It sounds like. Yeah. It. I don't know what it does. He'll have to put in the chat. A Ryra Clon clone, which are great. Uh, Adventure audio power couple which is um a super cool boost it has a soft touch switch and you can you just turn it on and off and it engages a boost but if you hold it you can engage another stage of the boost uh so and it has another little trim pot that lights up super cool uh boost pedal Deathbot audio echo dream 2 cool. solid gold of solid gold effects in u33 which i don't what is that is that a that is a i have one it's a vinyl emulator it's cool. Oh, it's really, okay. really cool. They just came out with that not too long ago. Fox pedal, the wave, which I think is a modulation thing. The MXR M305 tremolo, which is like the new version of the purple Dunlop tremolo, the shrank down to a normal size. Adventure audio lunge, which I'm not sure what that is. Um, not, I don't then, know what that is either. <laughs> well, we can look it up. And then the Earthquaker Deathbot Audio Reverb Limited Edition Time Shadows. And then under the hood, he has a tuner pedal just in case the headstock one fails. Got it. So, and, a, and a buffer splitter for stereo or wet dry. So he's got it all. <laughs> this is a very well thought out and well executed rig. Um, yeah. This pedal board is is awesome. So first of all, you can tell just by, first of all, the layout Right, I mean, it is perfectly spaced. It is very picturesque, and then of course the color coordination. There was a lot of thought and effort that went into this board because you got to yeah. think about. In order to get to the point where you know how to fit each pedal perfectly on the size board that you have, you know what you want in terms of a f- 
expects and what you're going for, and you know specifically what you want in order to color coordinate it like this, tons of thought. Way more yeah. thought than I think I've ever put into anything in my life, probably. Um, <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the failed transmission is. That's oh, really cool. it's a It's a fuzz. So it's a... Uh, uh, great. I should have known just by looking at it. Creative fuzz overdrive with separate and blendable noise oscillation circuit. I probably need to have that. What is... Failed transmission. I'm going to look at that. Up. Audio disruption devices, ADD. I'm starting to uh, really get into collecting fuzzes now i've realized I, I don't really care about collecting stuff mm. but ah, there's something about fuzzes that i really love well, they're all so different and i don't know I, I i'm starting to get pickier and pickier with fuzzes um and fuzzes are kind of one of the few i think truly boutique things left in the effect world um yeah because for it's the like, most part it depends on like your transistors and what parts are in it and how it's put together and what circuit is it is it an, you can still make an original style circuit you know what i mean it's it's a cool uh it's a cool thing well i feel like most of the boutique industry when it comes to fuzz or the i mean it's replication you know right. as as you know all the minutiae all the things that in my opinion might not necessarily matter but when people take the back off of enclosure and they see oh a tag board with all this stuff in it like you know it, it makes you think it sounds better it might not right but it does look cool it does but look cool. i i don't know i'm i'm kind of as cool as those things are and as much as i appreciate the hard work that goes into creating fuzzes that do those sort of things i'm like i'm going the other direction i want to push the envelope for consistency and simplicity uh and and I think that's very much the antithesis to what most people who like fuzz do. But dare I say, when it's done right, if you don't open the back, you'll never know what's going on inside. <laughs> it's a bold statement there, Zach. Um, okay, Just so saying. the the NU33, this is a really cool thing. I got one of these from Solid Gold last year. Um, they sent it to me for free. And I wasn't sure about it at first. I was like, a vinyl emulator? Like, what is what is that? It's actually really cool. It's a, essentially, it's like a modulation pedal, like you would have a chorus or vibrato kind of thing, but it does a slightly different thing than your typical chorus or vibrato pitch modulation wise. Um, it can emulate, it, it's basically like a lo-fi pedal. If you're into making yeah. some lo-fi sounds, the NU33 is something you should look at. Um, it's mono in and out, but you could put, you know, other sources through it. You could put drums through it. You could put bass through it. You could do all kinds of things. It's a good like utility kind of, character pedal um not for everybody but if you're looking for that sound the other cool thing you could do is if you have a delay or something with an effects loop or reverb that has an effects loop built in you could throw that in the effects loop of your other pedal and use it to just modulate the repeats uh or the trails and that would be really cool to do with the yeah. nu33 um, yeah uh d3 vil sign says a vinyl emulator only hipsters can use it and it skips occasionally see I don't think hipsters, when you're thinking about like super hipstery people with, with um, their collections and, and the most hipster thing I've ever seen, right? This is getting a little off topic, but thinking <laughs> about it, I was at a house party, house show right. a few years ago in Nashville. Like nice part of town. Everybody there was wearing either clothes that they bought at a thrift store or really fancy clothes made to look like they were bought at a thrift store. Right. And the dude playing music was like, yeah, I got some records on the table and he had a bunch of cassette tapes. 
<laughs> I think cassettes have surpassed vinyl for like the hipster. Oh yeah, yeah. Like cassettes are blowing thing. up. Cassettes. So, are, I saw it on Twitter today. Somebody was talking. Uh, Jason Isbell, I think, tweeted it or something that now people are thinking CDs are going to be the next hipster thing. Like we've reached, we've now come full circle back to the bleeding edge of hipster culture. Is like, oh no, I got to have the CDs. I got to have like my, you know disc changer we, we, my car and all that kind of stuff uh that we we just skipped eight track i'll <laughs> admit i had a i had a, a 96 acura integra for like right at the end of high school and through college and it had a cd changer um in the trunk mm-hmm. and i love that thing it was, it was so <laughs> great <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's because I, I grew up on cds i was I, when i i was at the tail end of cassettes I had some cassettes when I was like really young, but yeah, CDs were what I had. And I remember going on vacation and having like the big travel case. I still have that in I my, too. in the I, car. Yeah. I take it. I, just, I would like sit and decide what CDs I was going to take on the trip. We we're like going to the beach for a week. Okay. So I'm going to take the wall. I'm going to take the Hendrix blues album. I'm going to take uh smash mouth. I'm going to take, <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, that smash mouth Astro lounge record is a cool record. Okay. Everyone. Uh, you know they're known for that one song, but that's it's a it's a fun record. Okay, well, moving on to <laughs> <laughs> should we let's finish up on this pedal? Yeah, yeah, Is there yeah, anything yeah. else you want to say? Let, let me look up and see. You talk about something. I want to see what this lunge does because yeah, know what it does. Um, let me see here. Oh, death by audio. Okay, so I've not really ever. Uh, I have played a few of their pedals and i really like what they do i love their aesthetic first of all like the the design of their pedals their graphic design is super cool Mm -hmm. um i i love it i just really like the aesthetic i've played a few of their fuzzes and have really liked them um this looks like a delay like a analog delay i'm assuming echo Uh, dream i i don't know if it's analog uh but yeah they make yeah yeah it is it's so echo modulation modulator Maybe it's like an RE201 kind of thing. Let's see. Echo. We're just going to be looking. Oh, so it's the a lun- fuzz and delay. Huh. So the the lunge is an octave chorus effect. Oh, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. This is a cool board, man. Yeah. Adventure Audio. Those are, those guys are, are killer. This um, is really cool. And so the Echo Dream is... Uh, bu- 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 bu. Yeah, it's Echo a chorus. Echo Dream 2. Fuzz, Echo Dream 2, and Octave all in, or Echo, Echo, not Octave, Beautiful. Echo, all in one box. Strange. Wow. Really, really cool. All right. Listen, this is a great rig. This is a rig uh, for somebody that knows what they want. They know the sounds that they like, or they like not knowing the sounds that they're going to get out of their rig. And I'm <laughs> they with the that. sounds that they like, or they like the sounds that they know. <laughs> they, they know what they, they don't know what, here's what it is. They don't know what they're going to like. And that's the point. The point is it's the same thing with like modular, uh, modular synthesis. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So just try it. If yeah. you're into that kind of thing, this is, this is the rig for you. Um, I really like that. It would be, this would not be like the most usable rig in terms of if you were like trying to cover a lot of ground, like right. if I was playing in a wedding band, this would not be the rig for you. <laughs> Um, no. but I don't think that's what, uh, was it John? Yes. Yeah. I don't think that's what John's doing. I think John's out here having a good time and experimenting with some sounds and, uh, being creative. And for that, I'm giving this 9.1 shoils. Dang. This is a nice rig. 
We didn't even talk about the amps, but the amps are great. Amps are great. You get <clears throat> um, props for the Fano, props to the baritone, and props for the Jazz Master. That's like a cool Jazz Master. Yeah, I, I don't. This one's hard. Like, uh, someone in the chat just says, "You guys got to rate a rig that sucks." <laughs> Bomba that said that, and it's like, yeah, but you know, I think we can find useful things in all these rigs. Yeah. Uh, even something that may not have the gear that appeals to us. And the or, point is to not, ro- we're not roasting people's rigs here. No. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Right. Like this is, this is not about like, you know, Oh, your rig sucks. Let's make fun of it and have a good time. I mean, I guess we could do that. We could do a roast rig episode, but I think that should be a different thing. Dipping <laughs> yeah. a rig is not roasting a rig. So what am I going to give it? I don't know. It it is really cool. I, I I'm not a fan of the Vox, the new Voxes, but everything else is pretty killer. I I want to give it a solid nine. Yeah. Hey, that's the closest we've ever been on the spread. I think nine point so. one and nine. Yeah. Wow. What a time to be alive. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like Man, moving on. I'm clearing off my desktop here. It's got all this stuff on it. Um, we could do a rig roast episode. That'd be fun. Uh, Robert Dudley says we you could roast old rigs. Yeah. So like if if you could find pictures of your pedal board oh my when you were God. I, 16 yeah. or I need to find some pictures of my first few pedal boards because I have one picture somewhere of me playing a gig when I was 16 or 17 and, and yeah my setup was pretty abysmal so. oh old man brogan in the chat or a fix my rig segment that's cool yeah fix my rig let me tell you what's wrong with your rig here's your problem <laughs> listen so for that one we could both dress up in like dickie's coveralls <laughs> with the patch that has our name on it right here a straw in our mouth Dude, that's <laughs> what we should do for nam oh my god let's get shoyle's coveralls made like mechanic coveralls oh, with yeah. our name patches on them. And in, in the back, it'll say, it'll be like a old, oh, this will be the whole thing that we were talking about on Instagram the other day or a couple weeks ago now, months ago now. The aesthetic for Shoyle's fine guitar instruments is think um, a Cleveland, Ohio-based speed shop, race car shop that is building Bonneville salt flat land speed cars. Right. That's the aesthetic. Somebody drop a picture in the chat if you don't know what I'm talking about. So we get like gray coveralls and on the back we have a logo like Shoyle's fine guitar, fine guitars and instruments or whatever in the style of like 50s mechanics who are going land speed racing. I want to tell the people about our NAM idea um, for the... Which NAM idea? The one we were talking about the other day? So... New NAM? Well, the, the, <clears throat> Novo has their Novo party every year, and I want to start having a party, and we want to have the Shoyles Bar and Grill set up <laughs> with me, <laughs> and we can have all the terrible like food you get at Applebee's. Like you, there could be egg rolls and tacos oh and God, like all the, the random idea. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Sorry, but like we have so many ideas w- which the direction we could take shoals and do these ridiculous, silly things. But the, the salt flats and the speed shop sort of thing is, is very, that's, Robert, that's much, that's cool. Robert Dudley in the chat. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's the idea for shoals bar and grill. <laughs> Nam. <laughs> this is so good. I don't know if this is possible. We need Sean Brock. Um, okay. It's just a, I think it's a good get. 
And we pitched this idea to Sean, which is like, look, let's do Soil's Bar and Grill. And we're going to do terrible uh, American. You follow Middle Class Fancy on um, Instagram? No. You should. It's a good time. Um, it's Middle Class Fancy is like how I grew up. But anyways, they if you don't know Middle Class Fancy, it's this great meme account. Everyone should go look at it. And it's, it's awesome. So um, we get terrible middle class chain restaurant appetizers from like think Applebee's circa 2002 right but made by Sean Brock right and, and they're like crazy good so you get like southwestern egg rolls that are killing or you get right. like uh, somebody said blooming onion blooming onion in the chat blooming onions amazing okay don't shit on the blooming onion oh man I can have like two or three pieces and I'm done. I could have two or three blooming onions, I think. Oh my God. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like oh yeah. 10,000 calories. Or like what, what was a really weird like appetizer that Chili's was doing for a long time? Some kind of weird <sighs> mishmash of like <laughs> Southeast Asian and um, pot stickers mix and like blending that stuff. Get that done by Sean Brock. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be amazing. Um, That'd be fun. All right. Are we talking about new Nam for a second? Are we going <laughs> to uh, talk about this yet or, or what? We can, yeah. I, what are we talking this, about? <laughs> well, I th- what we were talking about the other day of like the convention, like the new, oh, is that what you were trying to bring up or no? No, I was just bringing up the Shoyles Bar and Grill and okay. having like a, a food stand at a party <laughs> with okay. like our name on it. Okay. Well, well this, this is another well, idea we were talking about. We This is a whole other discussion. Do you but, want to talk about that now or do you want to, that could be, that could be a whole episode. Let's tease it and see what the feedback is like. Okay. Sure. So a couple, several weeks ago, months ago now, we did an episode on Nam and how we think Nam could be better. We were talking the other day on Marco Polo about like what we think Nam should be and what we would do if we could put on our own convention. And what yeah. we sort of came up with was like, we need what is the music musicians world version of comic-con like that's what we need it needs to be a culture sort of like con conference culture kind of thing about you know there'll be some gear stuff there there'll be players there'll be bands there'll be panels with people um like how do we take the comic-con idea and make it for not just guitar players but everyone musicians of all stripes and and everything that's what nam should be but i don't think they're going to do that because that would mean abandoning their trade show thing um so we should do it ourselves right well and and it's funny like i'm always the kind of person anytime someone has a grand idea i'm the how do we make that work right (laughs) and i i like Morgan says, I pull down like the enthusiasm on things because, <laughs> you know, you're talking about, oh, we could do all this and have like these events and have people come and do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but how do we like logistically move gear in a conference center? You know, like how to like uh, who, who's got the forklifts? You yeah. know, like where, where do we get carpet? You I, know, like, I'm definitely the ideas guy. I'm like, oh, I'll figure all that out. That's easy. We'll figure all that out. Anyway, yeah. this is the idea. Yeah. But, but you know what's funny is right after we talked, I looked because like the Freeman group is the people that set up all of NAM. Right. And you could just hire them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. We just people have are to- talking about dressing up, like doing cosplay, but of like Stevie Ray Vaughn <laughs> or Ingve. Like, 
Yeah, that's the you idea. You have to have a, a cosplay contest. Yes, uh, uh, yes. Cosplay Guitar Hero contest, dude, yeah. cosplay it up. Like, ha- just it's a culture conference. It's like, uh, it's about the people and the culture of guitar and drums and musicians. And like, you know, that would be, that would be such a good time. That'd be yeah. such a good time. Anyways. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're, we'll, we'll talk about this. <laughs> Anyways, on to today's topic. This is a really good one. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I think we're about to to hopefully help some people out here, um, learn some things, make some friends along the way. Uh huh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what, what what are we doing? Oh, I'm just sorry. I was I was answering. Somebody said I should turn my mic up. Uh, so this week we're going to talk about setting up your first home studio mm. and how to dive into that world and make it work. Yes, home so, studios. This uh, area is blown up. People are getting more and more interested in recording at home. And the good news is it's becoming cheaper and easier than ever to start recording yourself or your band or a whole project or whatever you want to do at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, the biggest limitation is your imagination. Yes. But I mean, never has it been easier because like what was your first experience recording yourself? when you were a teenager because i remember mine it was pretty uh goofy. It, mine wasn't when i was a teenager i was like 21 and um i got given a focus right interface for christmas because it was like on sale at guitar center or something and um i got it for christmas and literally didn't know what it was it's <laughs> like it's like cool what is this it's like oh it's an interface Okay, what does it do? Well, it's for recording. Okay, well, how does this little box record? Like, uh, there's no microphones. Like, I literally didn't know what it was. Um, So that's where I started. (laughs) I, my guitar teacher lent me a Marantz, uh, the big brown Marantz four track. Um, It it might have had more than four tracks. I don't know. But it was just a cassette recorder. And we recorded my, my high school band in my drummer's basement. And I didn't know that on a, on a cassette that when you're recording four tracks, there's two on one side mm-hmm. and then two on the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we like made our record and would like play it in a stereo. And like, I can only really hear like singing in Zach's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize you had to like line it out. Right. And so we made copies of that and gave it to people. It's just my, no, it's not. It was like, it was like a room mic in the guitar, or or in my my vocal mic, and my guitar was so loud that it bled through everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, nowadays home recording is kind. I mean, you know, if you have any kind of Apple computer, you have GarageBand, which is a surprisingly powerful DAW. It's, uh, it's so much better now than what it was yeah, when it first came yeah. out. And it's essentially Logic Light, is what it is. Yeah, um, and there's there's free DAWs. There's cheap DAWs that are really, really good. Um, the, the gear is getting more affordable. Uh, there, there's more resources out there now to learn. Um, you know, so Rick Beato, when he started getting into recording, he was 37 when he decided to become a producer. And it, he tells a story that he didn't know even how to mic up a guitar amp at 37. And the way he learned was by going to like Barnes and Noble and just sitting there for hours and picking up all the recording magazines and just reading magazines <laughs> or he would buy magazines, like rip out clippings of um, articles and stuff and just read in the magazines. Nowadays you have YouTube, you have, you know, all these forums and stuff. Um, 
And yeah, so what we're going to talk about is what you should know to get into home recording. Um, I think, quote unquote, the right way. Now, I say that with a caveat of, you know, this is like building a guitar rig. There is not really a right way. It depends on what you want to do and your end goals and, and your experience level and how what your budget is and all those kind of factors. But um, there are some things to know to get into it. Or if you're into it and you want to get a little deeper, there's some stuff that we're going to share. Because where I'm at um, is essentially uh, we're about to buy a house and I'm going to build a recording studio in the house. And, um, I haven't talked about this publicly yet, but I'm planning a series, um, that I think Sweetwater is going to be involved in. They're going to be sponsors, um, where my goal is to make like an eight to 10 episode series, basically spoofing this old house, but like this old home studio, basically. Um, the house we looked at this morning, we made an offer on, uh, would be perfect for this. Like the basement would just be perfect um, to do. So anyways, yeah. So so where do you think we should start? Should we start at the interface? Like how yeah. you get what sound do you need? into your computer? Yeah. What do, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need? Well, first of all, if you have a smartphone, you have a somewhat, you have a recording device, right? Um, yeah. You can use your microphone. You can use your voice memo app, whatever you've got to record. Uh, and then you could airdrop that or send it to your computer and edit it, you know, so the idea of like needing to go out and spend $1,500 on all this stuff to get started, you really don't. You can use what's on here. Um, so, but if you want to get into what I would call like the essentials to record and mix yourself and learn the fundamentals of recording and mixing and mastering, you're going to need a few things. First and foremost is the interface. Um, now, the interface, if you're like I was 10 years ago and don't know what it is um <laughs> is this let's see if i can show you here on the uh the the old screen here um this is an interface okay yeah. this is universal audio apollo solo um, they are a sponsor of my channel i did get this for free so fair warning there um but essentially what an interface does is it takes the recorded signal, in this case from my microphone, but it could be a guitar direct in, it could be whatever. And it takes that analog electrical signal and it converts it to zeros and ones. It converts it to digital data that your computer can then take and record inside a DAW. That's the next thing you're going to need is some kind of DAW, which stands for Digital Audio Workstation. This can be yep. Pro Tools. This can be Audacity for free. This can be GarageBand. This can be a number of different programs um, that essentially all do the same thing, which is allow you to record, edit, and mix your audio. So when someone's like, because yeah, the interface I think is where most people start and, and it's pretty daunting trying to pick out like what you need because there are so many options Mm -hmm. what do you think because like we both have have universal audio stuff i have the Mm -hmm. apollo twin Mm -hmm. and and that's pretty expensive for the average it is you know person so Mm -hmm. where do you think someone should start and what should someone look for from an interface well this is where you come into what do you want to do yeah so if you want to you have some songs that you've written and you want to demo them out you need a two-channel interface you just need two channels. That way you can record mono, uh, mono mic, a mono guitar signal. 
you can record stereo. Let's say you have a keyboard or you have some kind of stereo audio source, or you can record two mics at one time. You can record your acoustic guitar and your vocal mic at the same time. Two channels, most interfaces out there are going to start at two channels. Yeah. If you want to do more, let's say you have a little band. Well, not a little band. That sounds demeaning. What I mean is, <laughs> let's say you have a band <laughs> a and uh, and you want to record your band. Well, if you're going to want a live track in the room, I would recommend getting an eight-channel interface. Um, if you know that you're going to get into this and you want to be able to record like more and more, then maybe get a an eight-channel and then you know some kind of a way to record an extra eight channels, whether it's an eight at bridge or eight preamps or things like that. There's other, that's kind of getting down the path. But yeah, first thing is how many channels do you need? And then look at interfaces with those channel counts. Um, to start off with, two is great. Four inputs is great. You get a little bit more flexibility there. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like most people are probably going to start with two. If you're um, not recording a band or you're not recording drums, um, that's really the thing. If you want to live track drums with microphones, you need eight channels, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you're not doing that at all, get a two channel interface. That's all you need. Well, even then, like if you are very much just starting out at recording and you have your interface, let's say you have like a, a focus, right? Scarlet mm-hmm. or a persona, something or another, um, which, which, you know, I don't know how different they all are. I know that what I upgraded from with the Apollo, the Apollo sounds so much better. And we'll talk about why in just a second, but yeah. But could you, if you, if you had a band, you want to track drums. Now it's really hard to do any of that, that stuff live. So you're probably going to have to track, you know, track the drums, maybe the drums and bass or something, maybe, but could you take like a small mixer, mic everything up and then line out into an interface? It's, it's really going to limit what you can do later. Yeah. But, if you're you making could. a demo, you, you could. Do yeah, if you're making a demo, the problem with a situation like that is you're committed. So whatever mix you had coming from your mixer, whatever if it was eight channel mixer, you had eight microphones going in, and you had two channels coming out of your mixer going into your. So you're basically taking eight sources and combining them or summing them into a, two sources. Whatever you had going into that two mix, you're you're committed to. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. Um, but that's so. going to be a lot easier to get into at first because, well, that's you know, what if, but that's what I'm saying though. It's like, if you know, you're going to be doing that stuff, just get an eight channel interface. Yeah. Just go ahead and do it. They're, they're not, the, and there's a lot of great budget interfaces available now. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what you're paying for in the different price brackets, because you can spend $120 on a two channel interface. You can spend, to $2,000 on a two-channel interface. So what's happening there in the price difference? Uh, Well, before we get to that, the the other thing the interface is going to do for you is going to give you a way to control your listening, your monitoring source. So right now I'm monitoring off of my interface with headphones. Um, I can also plug a pair of speakers, a pair of studio monitors into this interface and control the studio monitors that way. Um, this basically control, this becomes the control hub for all of my computer's audio. So when I'm watching a YouTube video or whatever, I'm controlling it with the interface. Yeah. Um, it also has a DI guitar input on the front, which is a nice feature. A lot of those, a lot of them have those now. So, um, with interfaces, 
when you start getting into the higher price stuff, what you're paying for are things like higher end preamps and converters. You're going to hear this talked about a lot. Oh, the converters in those sound really good. Or the preamps in those sound really clean or they sound, they've got a nice tone or whatever. So in order to convert an electrical audio signal, analog signal to digital, what you have to do is, first of all, the microphone has to go through a preamplifier to amplify the signal. Um, And then it has to hit what's called a converter. And this is a very, very basic explanation. But essentially, the converter's job is to take that electrical waveform and convert it into zeros and ones. Um, And it's doing that with some stuff that I don't fully understand. There's also a clock involved and the quality of your clock in your interface controls the overall quality of the sound. So um, what you're paying for the higher end you go is better converters, better clocks, better preamps. Um, And there is a difference in sound. There is an audible difference in the quality of audio the higher end you go with your interface. Yeah, your your clarity, your signal to noise, like all of that gets better. And it's primarily in the top end information, like the yeah. if especially if you're hearing like cymbals and things like that, that's where you really hear the difference in a higher end converter, like it sounds more present. It sounds like you're actually kind of in the room and hearing the source. Um but yeah, that's uh that's the basics. So, the other thing I would recommend if you're just just starting out, at least one microphone and maybe a pair of headphones to start with, you know, yeah. uh, either studio monitors or headphones. I think you tend to get a little more bang for your buck starting off with headphones because you're going to need headphones anyway to record. You're going to need headphones to monitor yourself when you're recording, because if you think about it, if I'm trying to record my voice right now and I'm sitting in front of a pair of speakers that are feeding, you're going to get <laughs> feedback. Yeah, it's not. So you need headphones. So I would start there. Um, and for the mic, Again, this gets into how much do you have to spend? What are you wanting to do? If you're on a super budget, go buy an SM57 and do everything with your SM57. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. We could spend a whole episode on mics, but... Yeah, I mean, so concerning mics, you know, I I think a 57 is the safe bet to most things. Yeah. You can record a voice you can record a guitar an amp uh snare drum uh i'd say with some things like a kick drum or maybe a a bass uh it's probably not gonna work right (laughs) i i I wouldn't even say that man i've seen 57s used on all kinds of stuff like okay you'd be surprised i've seen them used on piano i've seen them used on kick kick out mics i mean you can the 57 is like the one mic to end to end them all essentially now now is it gonna sound best on those sources maybe not but you're going to be able to record they're super cheap it'll last it'll outlast you basically um yeah yeah so speaking of super cheap there's a lot of companies that make really affordable mics like i mxl uh they make a lot of entry-level condenser mics and stuff which you know for for the entry-level person there's someone that's a hobbyist like like me i don't consider myself a professional in, in recording at all. But um, when I see stuff like that, like, oh, I need some like condensers for like, you know, overheads for drums or something. Right. To me, that's like appealing. But do you think it's better to just wait and save and get a better mic or, or something yes. like that? Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so 
with microphones, if you're new to this, there's a few different types of microphones. The SM50, and I did a whole video on this. We should link yeah. the video down below. So um, that is a legitimate self-plug, but uh, there's a whole video I made talking about microphones that'll take you through all this stuff. But with condensers, this is a large diaphragm condenser I'm talking through right now. This is a great budget option for large diaphragm condensers. I think to get a really good sort of entry to mid-level large diaphragm condenser that's going to actually be a good, reliable, great sounding mic, you need to be spending between 250 and like $500. Yeah. Um, Aston Audio makes some really great stuff. Um, Aventone makes some really great stuff. This is made by Roswell Audio. This is a mini K47. Um, I bought this and the K87 last year. This is a great little budget mic. I think these are like 350 bucks or something like that. 400 bucks. Um, so condenser mics are going to give you uh, a little bit more, they're going to be more sensitive than something like a 57 or an SM7, which is a dynamic mic. Uh, better for vocals oftentimes. They're great for recording acoustic instruments, great for room yeah. mics, drums, piano, all that kind of stuff. Can use them on guitars as well. They sound good on guitar amps. Yeah, I feel like a, a decent condenser and a, and a decent dynamic mic kind of, when you're starting out, those are probably the most like useful things. Uh, would you agree? I don't know. Yeah, yeah again, it depends on what you want to do. Now, if you're, if since most of our audience are guitar players, right, you're probably going to be recording yourself playing and possibly singing, playing electric, acoustic. Um, a great mic to do everything with is the one Zach is using right now, the SM7B. That is an industry standard microphone. It's the mic they used on Thriller. It's been on, I mean, it's been a vocal mic for everybody throughout the years. You can use it on guitar, use it on bass, use it on acoustic use it on your vocals it's awesome they're relatively affordable 350 bucks i think street price yeah, roundabout um good luck finding one right now because during the pandemic everybody started a podcast and anybody who's <laughs> learned how to podcast on youtube uh youtube says that the only mic you can podcast with with is the sm7 so they're seemingly out of stock everywhere <laughs> um but it's yeah. it's a cool thing so okay daw that is something that a lot of and we have some questions to, to answer too. And yeah, yeah. And, and, sh and, and we're, we're kind of, I'm going to encapsulate some of these, but uh shout out to our, our patrons on Patreon. They, I posted uh, a post asking what you guys want to know. And there's a lot of great questions and a lot of people touched on what DAW to use. Is it like, how do you explain choosing a DAW and, and what are, what makes something more, uh, better or worse to use. I, I mean, to me, I've always used what's, I use GarageBand. Mm -hmm. I understood GarageBand. And so the next step for me was Logic mm -hmm. because I understood how to use GarageBand. Mm -hmm. When I've tried to use Pro Tools or Reaper uh, and I, I downloaded Luna, it didn't make sense to me. So I just uninstalled it because I'm just recording this. Yeah. So Again, what do you want to do? How much do you have to spend? Um, if you this is an interesting question um it really comes down to do you want to pay for your DAW or do you want to use something that's free um yeah. there's a lot of free or super affordable options i know a lot of people use like reaper and fl studio and stuff like that i'm not, i've never used those so i don't know about them the DAWs that i've used are logic pro 9 and then 10 pro tools from like pro tools 8 to now 
And then now Luna. I'm using Luna basically for everything. So, but um, that Luna only works with UA with stuff, UA right? stuff. So yeah. it's kind of unless you have UA stuff, it's kind of a moot point. But you, but Luna for all intents and purposes is basically Pro Tools. It's the same layout. The hotkeys are the same. It edits the same, and they did that on purpose. For the longest time, Pro Tools has been the industry standard DAW. And so as such, if you were trying to do this in any kind of semi-pro or pro level, meaning you're going to end up making money from this, I would have told you, you have to have Pro Tools. It's expensive, but it's the industry standard. It's what everybody works in. Um, but that's not the case anymore. Right. Um, it depends on what you want to do. If you're more of a producer and you're making tracks and you're using a lot of virtual instruments and stuff, I would tell you to look at Ableton. Yeah. Ableton has blown up, um, especially for the production stuff. I don't have it. I've never used it, but I know a lot of people that do and love it. Logic is also great uh, for production stuff because the stock plugins in Logic are fantastic. You yeah. have everything you need in Logic in terms of virtual instruments and stock plugins to go and make some good tracks if you're, yeah, you know, know what you're doing. I would not, honestly, I wouldn't recommend Pro Tools anymore. Um, I don't like Avid as a company. I don't like working with them. I don't like the way it's just clunky and weird. And they've been on top for so long that I think they've been complacent. And Pro Tools is not a great program anymore. That's why I use Luna instead of Pro Tools. Um, right. so yeah, this is a thing to do your research, go watch some videos, do some reviews, see what workflow works best for you. You know, are you going to get more third party plugins to use? Are you going to use the stock plugins a lot? You know, there's a lot of options to weigh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's for me, logic makes sense. Uh, I know I could sit down and learn how to use Luna. I, I know I could like, I'm not dumb, right. but it, it just, the workflow of it. You're right. It's like, I know how to, to get in there and do things when I do record music. And I have in the past, it just like, it clicks. It makes yeah. sense. So I, I feel like logic. One thing that's great about logic pro X or whatever it is now, it's once you buy it, you have it. And yeah. as it upgrades, you get the upgrade, right? which is nice. But Mac, um, one of the reasons I upgraded my Apollo is because they kind of phased out, uh, I, I couldn't even plug in my old interface. Like it, yeah. the, the OS wouldn't even allow it. Yeah. So that's something you have to be aware of too. Yeah. yeah. You are buying into, into technology here. And so you have to realize that with things like interfaces, um, standards change. So like when I got that new computer over there a few years ago, I was on a super budget. I spent like all my money buying that computer to start my YouTube channel. Cause I needed something to edit and record on. And I realized my old Focusrite interface that I'd gotten wouldn't work with that computer because it was a FireWire interface and uh -huh. that computer did not take FireWire. So I had to buy a whole new interface to go with that computer. I bought a, another Focusrite, um, the Scarlett 18i20. Great interface. I still have it. Um, and so you have to understand like, yeah, things are going to phase out over time. This is not like buying a tube amp where you can hold on to it forever. Right. Um, eventually th new things are going to come out. Standards are going to change, you know, as you upgrade computers and software and things like that, you may have to upgrade your hardware. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it's part of it. And, and that was a question that we got a few people asked on, on the, the pa Patreon post. As far as computer specs, what do you need to look for? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is having these days solid state, uh, drive yep. hard drive yep. uh 
more RAM than you probably think you need. Yep. Just you need RAM. The RAM, you know, helps you use all your instruments and stuff. But the CPU, you need a, a pretty beefy CPU to do everything, especially if you're using digital instruments. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you don't need it's it's a different thing if you're like trying to edit video. Editing video, you need a way beefier machine than you do with audio. Yeah, you need GPU uh, power yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, and all that RAM and everything. Definitely go solid state drives. Definitely, I would say at least 16 gigs of RAM. Oh, you're, yeah. You're good. I mean, I don't think most computers these days are going to come with much less. Well, this, but. my MacBook here is 16 gigs, and I can do everything I need to do on 16 gigs of RAM. So I would say 16 gigs, a decently fast CPU. You don't need to go, you don't need like the Apple, like the Mac Pro or whatever the hell, like all that stuff. But 16 I, gigs I of went. RAM, solid state drive, and a decent CPU, and I think you're good. My, this new MacBook that I bought, I went just, I said, I uh, max it out. <laughs> So I, I the have the proverbial t-shirt cannon of Ram. Just boom, oh, right I have here. 64 gigs of Ram. <laughs> oh uh, and it doesn't like the, it, it's just so fast, you know, and it loads like if, if it's, it's completely turned off, I can turn it on and it loads everything so fast and there's no hiccups when I'm streaming my CPU. Cause I have like the, uh, a pretty beefy I nine processor with everything we're doing right now. Just as an example, I'm recording, we're streaming, I'm recording my mm -hmm. stream. I'm mm -hmm. using less than 6% of my CPU power. So, yeah. I mean, granted, this was an expensive computer, but it's right. going to last me for a long time. And if you're just recording audio, you don't have to go that crazy. But right. yeah, 16 to 32 gigs with a solid state drive and a decent CPU, you're going to be great. Right. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um I had a point and I was reading the chat and I forgot it. But <laughs> So what's uh, what's the next question? So should, another question should. that a lot of people asked is when you're recording at home, like how do you deal with the room? Like how mm. do you deal with the room sound? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, that's something I was dealing with in my room because I'm in a bedroom and yeah. that back wall is completely bare. But this wall behind me, I put up a bunch of sound panels and it's, I think that is probably the hardest thing is making, get, like, actually capturing the sound you want to hear at home. Yes. So here's the thing about acoustic treatment and getting a good sound in your room. First of all, most bedrooms are terrible. They're, they're, in terms of like a, you would not design a space that looks anything like a bedroom for a good recording space. Okay. No. But you don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on Oralex and slap it all over your walls to like treat your room. In fact, Oralex doesn't do that much. Okay. As, as the guy who says that with a wall of Oralex <laughs> behind him. That's mainly an aesthetic choice. That's to cover up. There's just bare concrete behind that Oralex, right? right? So um, here's a couple of things. And there's some great, great resources on YouTube to kind of teach you the fundamentals of um, getting a room to sound decent. Um, a few things that you want to address are flutter echo, which is, you've probably heard this before, like, and you can find probably places in your house where you experience flutter echo, where you walk around, if you clap and you hear this like sort of buzzing sound, you hear like you clap and you hear, that's called flutter echo. And it's literally the sound waves just bouncing off of the different walls in places where you can hear it. Um, there's also like standing waves or uh, modes, I believe they're called modes or nodes. So, First thing I would tell you, if you're in a bedroom and you have a desk and you're using speakers to monitor off of, 
pull your speakers away from the wall. Um, if you're up against a wall and you have room in your room to move, pull your desk, pull your speakers away from the wall, like a, a couple of feet. Okay. Then put something behind you. If you have a flat, a, you know, opposing wall, a parallel surface, parallel surfaces are not good for sound. It causes waves to bounce back and forth. It causes standing waves. It causes all kinds of issues. So grab a bookshelf, grab a, you know, a, anything that is not flat to act as what's called a diffuser so that the sound waves that are coming out of your speakers, instead of hitting a perfectly flat wall and bouncing back, uh, which is causing interference and comb filtering and all kinds of issues with what you're hearing out of your speakers, put a bookshelf behind you and stack a bunch of books that are oddly spaced, stack a bunch of stuff in there so that the sound waves that hit that bookshelf break up rather than yeah. switching back. Um, where stuff you, is crucial. <laughs> where you do want to put like acoustic treatment, like foam absorption, there's um, different types of acoustic treatment. There's diffusion, which is like what we just talked about, something that breaks up sound waves. There's absorption, which is things like Oralex foam, that absorbs sound. And then there's reflection. There's hard surfaces that reflect sound. One area that you definitely want to treat with absorption is what's called the angle of first reflection. And you can find the angle of first reflection by uh, get a friend to help you sit in your mix position. Again, this is if you're using speakers, not headphones. If you're using headphones, this doesn't matter. Take a mirror. It can be like a makeup mirror or something and have them put the mirror on the wall and run it at eye level. And the second that you can see the speaker cone from your monitor, that's where you need to place absorption because that is angle of first reflection. What that is, is sound is coming out of your speaker and it's bouncing off of that point at the wall and then it's coming back because sound travels at a specific rate through air. What's happening is you have sound waves coming at you from the speaker but the sound waves are also coming at you off of the wall. And since that sound wave traveled further to hit the wall and come back, it's going to hit your ear at a different time, which is going to cause phasing issues. It's going to cause things like comb filtering. And you can probably experience this. If you are in an untreated room sitting in front of speakers and you move around, you can hear the sound change or get up and walk around the room. What you'll hear is, oh, there's tons of bass right here. And then I walk a foot over and now there's no bass. Or, oh, I'm getting a lot of high end right here and I go over here. That's standing waves and, and all kinds of stuff. Huh. Um, so, angle of first reflection. You want to treat that on the walls. You also want to try and treat it above you on the ceiling by hanging what's called a cloud. And you find it the same way. Run a mirror along the ceiling where you see your speakers in the mirror. Hang some audio or some absorption there. Well, so, I mean, it sounds like you're talking more about like mixing. Right, which or, is a part of the home studio right. process. But as far as like recording, like a guitar amp, uh, like do you think some of those, um, like the little sound absorption thing that goes around a mic, uh, you know what I'm talking about, that goes on a stand, do you think that helps? Like, because I've experienced that where you're trying to record at home and you have, you know, a 57 or something on a, on a, on a, an amp and it just sounds... It doesn't, it doesn't sound like the room and it, it just doesn't sound good. Well, with the, the thing with that is you're close miking with the 57. So you're not trying to get room sound. 
Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no reason you would ever want to close mic. And by close mic, I mean, put the 57 on the speaker in the cabinet. When you're, when you're miking that way, you're not trying to get room sound. Right. If you're right. trying to get room sound, you should set up a room mic in the room with the cabinet. And then you could blend that in with your close mic source. Um, so with, with treating a room for, uh, recording like electric guitar, <clears throat> there are some, you know, you, there are some advantages to treating it, um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it would be hard to a budget treat a room that you're recording in to make it improve your close mic electric tone. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I, I Recording in any square room, especially like this, like there's nothing on the walls in here and, and having a bookshelf, that's, that's a great tip. Anything in a room, in a corner, like, you know, something is going to help the sound from moving around so much. Yeah. But a, a few people are asking about like, how do you soundproof a, a room to let people can't hear you? But that is like next to impossible. Well, it's not next to impossible. It's just, it takes money. The only yeah. way to stop sound is mass. It's the only yeah. thing that stops sound. Oralex does not stop sound. No. Oralex is not soundproofing. Oralex or any type of foam like that is absorbing but it's only absorbing the highest frequencies because those frequencies have the least energy okay yeah low frequencies we all have heard you know how somebody drives by and they have these crazy powerful subs in their car and you can like hear it in your house right yeah. as they drive by well that's because low end frequencies have the most power they're the longest wavelengths they're omnidirectional which means they spread out in all directions um, and because they have the most power, they have the most penetration, right? They'll penetrate through. You have to think about that. If somebody drives by in their car with boom and subs, that sound wave is leaving the trunk of the car, traveling through metal, traveling through the air to get to your house, traveling through a brick wall, through all the insulation in your house, traveling through drywall, then coming through and hitting your ears. That's a lot of power. Yeah. Whereas high end frequencies and mid range frequencies don't have that much power and they're more directional. That's why if you're listening to a speaker head on and you move off, axis the first thing you lose is high-end information and then mid-range as you go down so in terms of that soundproofing if you're really going to soundproof a wall you need mass so you need to build a floating room you need floating walls you need a floating ceiling and a floating floor you also need rock uh you need you know silent rock sheet rock which is a sound deadening sheet rock you need to float that off of the studs you can't mount the sheetrock directly to the studs. It needs to float. So there's an air gap to stop vibrations. It's a lot of money. And it's not, especially if you're in an apartment, you can't soundproof. So use headphones. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> there's basically it. I mean, I think that moves into another uh, discussion altogether. But people are asking about ways to record guitar and not be annoying. And I think the easiest answer, uh, you know, depending on your budget, is go digital. Yeah. Uh, use something like uh, a Helix or even the the Helix plugin on on yeah. Logic sounds great. Or get get if you have amps, get something like an Aux or Captor X. Like that's yeah. that's going to be way even the Aux at twelve hundred bucks is going to be exponentially more affordable than trying to soundproof a room for your. It, it's it's immediate. It the the immediate gratification you get from have like from the Aux like. 
because that's the only one I have real experience with. I was struggling when I was starting to try to do pedal demos uh, for my own stuff. Like, how do I capture this sound and not just piss off everyone in my apartment building? And as soon as I got the aux, I was like, this is worth every penny Mm -hmm. because immediately there's, there's still a learning curve. And like I've plugged amps into the aux that I, I struggled to get sounding right. Like you, it takes some time, but you can make it work and it, and it's done and it's quiet. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's what I would tell you to do at this point. And that's what I mean by home recording becoming more accessible in order to build out in hardware, what they have in the aux in terms of microphones, preamps, the physical room, the cabinet selection, the, the plate reverb and the digital delay it's hundreds it's over a hundred thousand dollars oh yeah here, right in order to have all that stuff in the real world it's it's easily six figures okay yeah so that's the advantage of that kind of stuff um so yeah th- this is <laughs> that's what i mean it's like or just go di use a plug-in the, the, any of like the neural dsp plugins are great there's a there's a whole host soft tube makes great guitar plugins um ua has great guitar plugins like there's so many good, even Logic's stock amp plugins can sound really great. Yeah, there um, are some that are not bad. <laughs> yeah. Or dude, I even saw this girl on TikTok the other day. She's a great guitar player and she was recording this thing and I commented and I could tell it was a DI guitar sound and she, she was a great player and she had a cool tone and I commented, I was like, oh, what amps are you using in Logic? Because she said she used Logic. She's like, oh, um, I'm not using any amps in Logic. I'll have to check those out. It's like, yeah, you could, you don't even have to use an app. Like you could just go DI into your interface. DI, like just a DI guitar sound. Yeah. And it was, that's crazy. With some effects on it. She, from her comment, it seemed like she didn't even know that there were amps in logic. (laughs) She's a great player. So it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's like how, when you start getting into this, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is in my new office space, I'm going to set up a, a more proper thing. Right. Uh, for doing this and for doing pedal demos and stuff. But it's so overwhelming because there's so much stuff out there. And I feel like as long as you can kind of keep, you stay in the lane that you want to be in. Yeah. You know, if you're just wanting to record guitar, like figure out a way to make it work that, that works for the people around you and for what you're trying to achieve. Because Lefty Mike posted in the, in the chat, I hate playing with headphones. I hate hearing guitar through headphones too. I would much rather hear them uh, through a guitar amp. But honestly, just playing, I have some cheap Personas monitors mm-hmm. uh, on my desk. For what I'm doing, that's enough to get me where I want to be when I'm playing guitar that that takes away that headphone thing that that I it, it makes me fumble, but just hearing it through monitors makes me play better. Right. So right. And just going digital because I use the the Helix um, whatever the plug-in things most of the time when I'm trying to record guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a lot to it, and this goes back to you have to know what what are your end goals are, and you know what, if you're starting out, you probably don't know what your end goals are, and so with that in mind, what I would tell you to do. I would I, I would start off on a budget of five hundred dollars, get a good two channel interface from. I really like Focusrite. I'm not yeah. affiliated with Focusrite at all. I've paid for all my Focusrite stuff. I've had two or three Focusrite interfaces. I think they're great for the money. They're simple. 
They're easy to understand and, and you're getting a lot for your money. So get a focus right, you know, Scarlet two channel interface and get a good pair of headphones. Spend some money on a good pair of like over the ear can headphones and start yeah. recording with that. Like, do you think, cause this to me is one of the more common headsets that you see the Sennheiser HD 280 Pro, which is, yeah. I mean, these are like a hundred bucks. Yep. Um, and, and to me, this is very much like an entry level headphone solution, but they, they work and they're, so, they're robust. And I've, I've played yeah. plenty of sessions at studios where those are like the studio, like you're out in the live room and you're tracking with those. Yeah. They're great. Um, they're not like the best for mixing, but here's the deal. When you're first starting out, you're not trying to mix Grammy winning records, right? You're trying to like explore and experiment and record yourself and have fun, right? So yeah. you don't need the main point I want to drive home here. And we can talk to about like outboard gear. We can wrap up with like, out, cause there were some questions about outboard gear and things like there that. There was. You don't need to spend thousands of dollars on microphones and interfaces and monitors and outboard gear and patch bays and all this kind of stuff to, to record stuff that sounds good and to have fun and to learn about it. You can have a laptop and a budget interface and a pair of headphones and either play guitar direct or add a simple mic to that and you are good to go for a really long time. That's going to get you all the way up to the point where okay, I've been doing this for years and now I'm ready to like get, do this more seriously. I want to either record bands or I want to be able to produce stuff that I put out directly on Spotify for myself. Like once you get there, then it starts to make more sense of like, okay, well, what, where do we need to start spending money? Because yeah. <laughs> the, the price, there's like a curve of, uh, of how expensive this stuff gets and Boy, howdy, does it get expensive and get expensive fast. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think that most people, when they're getting into this, the the biggest thing that they could do for themselves is probably dive into YouTube and understand how to use the built-in yes. compressors, built-in equalizers that come with your DAW? You need to learn, because it doesn't matter if it, if you're using a cheap stock plug-in on the weirdest DAW ever. An EQ is an EQ. Yeah. A compressor is a compressor. You need to learn how this stuff works. And in fact, the video that I'm going to make today when Chris gets here after we get off, I'm going to make a video about compression focused for guitar players. Like how to use a compressor and not just the compressor on your board, but like when you're recording. How, yeah. Like I use an 1176 on all my stuff going into the, because I like it. I like the way compression sounds. But compression, I remember compression being the most confusing thing. It took me years to understand compression and what it was doing. But when you do understand it, I'm using a compressor right now. Part of the way my voice sounds going in and, and Milton's going to use compression on the mix. Like yeah, understanding EQ and compression and gain staging and like the fundamentals of this stuff are, is so much more valuable than any microphone or any interface or any plugin. Like that's where you should be focusing on with this. And it's fun, man. It's fun to record yourself and to tweak it and make it sound good and experiment and try new things. It's recording is to me as much or even more enjoyable than playing guitar for me. Oh, uh, really? That's part of the reason I'm building a studio. Like I love the record. I love recording drums. I love recording piano. I love recording vocals. I love it. It's so much fun. There's, there's this like, I don't know, this idea that like, 
you're capturing something in the room that's happening. It's a finite thing. It'll never be performed the same way again. And you're capturing it and preserving it. I love it. Love it. I, I struggle with it so bad. Like I have tried, I think, I think it's just like writing a song for me. Like if I sit down with the intention of, uh, I'm going to record this idea I have, then I just fumble and it sounds bad and I can't make it work. I can't play well, you know, but when I try to do it and just have fun and, and create, because that's one of my favorite things. It's like sitting down with a looper, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to sit down and just have fun. And when I do that with, with my, you know, computer, I, I usually wind up coming up with some really good ideas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, th- we could talk about this for so long, but I think, you know, what we've talked about f- focusing on a minimalistic setup in the beginning and really learning how to utilize the tools. Yes. It's probably the best advice that you could give anyone trying to get into this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and understanding and experimenting and trying new things and understanding where you want to go. That's, yeah. that's a big thing. So, and what we'll do too, um, there's uh, the patrons here are leaving some really good questions. So after we're done recording, we'll hang out for a little bit and answer some of these guys questions. And that's a, that's a plus. If you want to hang out with us, we always pew, pew, pew. Uh, spend a little time after each episode hanging out with patrons and answering questions and stuff. So we'll uh, we'll do that here so for you guys. Did you have a shill of the week? I, I do have, have a shill. I have a good one. Uh, I do too. <laughs> All right. Are you going to go first? You go first. I, I can. Yeah, so, do it. Seeing as what we're talking about today. <laughs> oh, it's, it's heavier than it looks. Yeah. The ox. Yep. Just, uh, I mean... If you don't want to mess with IRs, if you don't want it to, to have to, if you want to buy a product and it's it, it all the hard work's done for you and it's it's just in a box and occasionally you have to update it via Wi-Fi, this is the thing to get. the The attenuator is not perfect. Yeah, the attenuator sucks. I don't I don't think it sucks, I but do. like it's not it's not great. It's not it's not perfect. But it handles 150 watts. It can do every impedance. It's great. I, and it look. One of my favorite things about this thing is how it looks. It is a truly great piece of gear that you will have and use for years and years. I, and I say the same thing about the Torpedo Captor X. So there's my my Captor X. It's not up there for show. I use that thing every single day. And um, I know we're talking about the the Ox here, but I've been in touch with Two Notes. And um, we are going to do a cabinet pack of oh, nice. my cabinets. And so they're sending me all of the um, information right now on it and like how to record it and how to do it. Um, so that's going to be really cool. So if you have a Captor X or any kind of Two Notes product, my cabs will be available at some point in your future. And wicked. <sighs> oh, is that your shill of the week? This is my shill of the week. <laughs> Get just, If you're starting a home studio, you got to have a studio dog. Uh-huh. Here's mine. Until she chews up all your cables and you this get is, it. <laughs> this is Penny. She's uh, We picked her because much like Oralex, she's uh, sound absorption, absorbing. And we're training her to wrap cables. Um, and <laughs> Could you imagine a dog <laughs> a just dog like... wrapping cables? Could you imagine this dog wrapping cables? Look at her. No. Just look at her. Could she's getting that? so big. And just wait, man. She's going to be... Our breeder was like, oh, she'll be 30 pounds. Dude, she's four months old and no she's way. already she's already no you can't have that she's already like 21 or 22 pounds no she'll be like 50 pounds yeah she's me big big girl all right here's my shill of the week 
Oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought no, it wasn't. It really, was the dog. No. <laughs> the Tysco Fuzz. Oh, so yeah. Tysco sent me their whole line of pedals. Um, first of all, aesthetically, come on, like, dude, I love the knobs. They have this like the, little tiny pointer on the bottom. They're killing it on the design front yeah. here. To- like, uh, it's it's amazing. Um, I used this this week on the "What Is the Firebird" sound. Oh, okay. This fuzz kicks ass, man. If you're looking for a really good, um, budget friendly fuzz to do a little bit of everything, and you're getting into fuzz, this thing's awesome. It's got a great octave circuit on it. It cleans up really, really well. I love the design of it. It's not just the the color. It's also the um, like, they like dip it or something. Yeah, but it's also like if you look at the design of the box here like the rounded edges it's got rubber feet on the bottom too that won't interfere with um velcro or dual lock which you should be using dual lock um really really great pedal man i i enjoy playing it so yeah, yeah. I, I like because uh, the tysco guys i think i think it, it's the it's same band lab it's band lab yeah so it's the same people that do mono and harmony Guitar magazine and harmony Guitar magazine. yeah and all the th- they own heritage now yeah, heritage. Yeah, dude. I man. Okay, I want one of those those custom H one fifties. The new heritage. Yeah. Yeah. They they look really good. They look really good. And I I I part of me just want is is just thinking I just need to buy one. Mm-hmm. And if I hate it, I'll sell it. Yeah. And if I love it, I'll have to figure out how to tell Morgan I got another guitar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, there you go, everyone. We're going to hang out and talk to some patrons for a minute. And uh, we will see y'all next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Ladies on the men, Jay. <laughs> God, don't sit dumb. <laughs>